Cool. What's going on, guys? <coughs> Excited to be speaking with you guys today. Um, before we say anything, let's um, commit this time to God. Father, we put this time into your hands, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that you're the one that will be standing up here, Lord, and every word that is said, Lord, that you'll be saying it to every heart, Lord, and every person here, Lord, that um, they walk out of this room, Lord, uh, change with a fresh perspective. Amen. we pray. Amen. I start off by telling you my most frustrating dream. And that most frustrating dream is me, surprise, surprise, playing soccer. But there's a twist. <laughs> um, in this dream, what happens is, is that I'd be playing for a really big club like Real Madrid, the biggest club in the world. <laughs> um, and, um, and what would happen is I'd have the ball at my feet, but I can't actually move at all. So what would happen is someone would come from the opposition team and they would take the ball off me and I'd just fall over to the ground, get up again and I'm not moving, like I, I can't actually move myself at all. And I always wake up, I'm so mad, I'd be like, this wasn't my opportunity to shine and I didn't get to do anything. Although it's just a dream, but this is as far as I'll make it, so why not? <laughs> um, and that's exactly what I wanted to, what God put on my heart to speak about tonight, is about being static with Christ, um, not being able to move with Christ. Um, and, the, and the thing is, it's like, it's like a person who lives, imagine this with me, yeah? a person who lives at the bottom of a hill, and every morning, his mission is to push this big heavy boulder all the way up to that top of the hill. And he's been doing that on the daily. So he'd get up in the morning early, push that big boulder up that hill, it's heavy, and it takes him time, and he gets it up there. And at the end of that day, he turns around, walks down to his house, and the boulder comes straight down as well. Sometimes that's us in our relationship with God. You know, we, we tend to build that relationship and we get to a, a good place with Christ, but it comes to a time where we turn back and it falls straight down. And we keep doing that on the daily where we have to put that extra bit and get it back up again and it falls and it comes back and it falls. But it's time to push that boulder up there and keep it up there. Um, and tonight is about making a new commitment, a change in your life um, with Christ. And you know, a lot of the time we say to our, to our friends, you know, our friends will call us up on the phone and they'll be like, um, hey, come out tonight, we're doing this. And you'll be like, oh, I can't really be bothered, I'm, I'm not going to make it tonight. And you know what, sometimes you can get away with that. But with Christ, you can't get away with that. You know, you can't tell Christ that, oh, not today, I'm busy today, I've got this on. Whatever it may be in your life, whether it's studies, whether it's work, it doesn't matter what it is. But the thing is, with Christ, you can't say no. You have to be accepting and you have to put in time to be accepting to what he has to tell you. Um, let's uh, open up to Mark 4.35. From 35 to 41. It says... On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat, this is Jesus, as he was, and other boats were also around him. And a great windstorm arose, and waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filled. 
But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he rose and rebuked the wind and said to, to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? During that time, it shows that the disciples didn't really understand who Jesus was yet. Um, yes, they spent a lot of time with him, but they were questioning at that time. And they weren't sure of his character and of him personally. Um, let's open up to John 6. And in John 6, just um, John 6, 60 at the very end. In, in John 6, it talks um, about when Jesus is speaking about him being the bread of life. And that whoever comes to him shall never grow hungry again. Um, and this is what he was preaching during that time. But if we go to uh, verse 60, it says, Therefore many of the, the disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can understand it? Once again, we see that disciples did not understand what Jesus was trying to say. Um, what he was trying to teach. Before this, Jesus actually spent time with the disciples, and the disciples actually witnessed him. Jesus healed, Jesus cleansed lepers, Jesus forgave sins, Jesus preached, Jesus baptized. All of this while the disciples were right by his, by his side experiencing this. Um, in Acts 3, it goes on to, this is after Jesus had risen, and this is what it had to say. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, then, um, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, and fixing his eyes on them with John. Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. When I read that, um, it's, it's crazy because these are the same disciples as the ones before. And shortly after this, Peter and John were actually arrested for their preaching. Um, but before that, they actually brought 5,000 people to Christ, um, just before they were arrested at that time. And in Acts 4, um, the very next part, uh, Acts 4, 5 to 12, this is uh, Peter before the Sanhedrin, and this is what he had to say to them. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were from the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled up with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, 
by what means he has been made well. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucify, whom God raised from the dead, by him the man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which had become the chief cornerstone. It drives me crazy when I read this because this same Peter, a Sanhedrin, sorry, a Sanhedrin is usually, I think in this instant it would have roughly been made of about 70 people, including all the, the people that it said at the very start of that. Um, so for Peter, the man who denied Jesus three times um, in front of a very small crowd, is that same Peter who stood up in, in, in front of 70 people and said what he just had to say in front of those people. This is the same Peter who, who, when he didn't have faith in Jesus, he started sinking when he was walking on water. This is the same Peter who didn't understand. This is the same Peter who was quick to swing his sword. But this Peter became one of the greatest teachers to this day in the church. And what we learn from this is that we should never let our past affect our future. Because your past may have had negativity in it, but your future doesn't matter what happened in that past. It's about building yourself and moving forward. And Peter actually spiritually battled in order to reach that intended place where he was with Christ. You know, the disciples went from being weak, static people to sprinting with God. Um, when someone actually goes, when you see someone go, going to the gym and post a picture on Instagram, you see a before and an after shot. But they don't show you what actually happens in the middle for them to get to that after shot. Um, and that's where all the work is. It's easy for someone to see, wow, you've made a huge change. But it's about what you did in that middle. You fought hard, you worked hard, you picked yourself up, you had hard times. You know, just because you're with Christ, it doesn't mean you're not going to fall over and slip. But it means, yes, you will fall over, but it's about picking yourself up and moving and building that strength with Christ in order to get to that after, that intended place, just like the disciples did. They worked hard in order to get to the intended place. And it's what we need to do today, guys. We need to get active with Christ, to be like the disciples and move forward. And a life with Christ is not easy, and it takes work to actually get there. But we need to be able to put in that work. It's funny because in our lives we chase after so many things. Um, whatever it may be, think about it in your own personal life. Um, whether it's your, your PlayStation, your money, your um, whatever it may be, you know what's best. We chase after these things, but when it comes to time with God, we'll wake up in the morning and we'll be like, you know what, today's the day. Today's the day I'm going to open up my Bible. And we get up. And we say that to ourselves, but we're like, you know what, I'll do it after this. Then you do that, and you're like, you know what, I'll do it after that. And you look at your watch, and it's time to go back to sleep. Because you've wasted your whole day not doing anything to do with Christ, but spending it on the earthly things that you enjoy. And you waste your time doing that. But really pick yourself up and spend time, you know, involved in the Word of God and see what He has to tell you. It's called the Word of Life for a reason. Because it guides you to, to how you're supposed to live your life. You know, when we watch, when we see what's going on in the media and all this, we think that that's the perfect image to live our lives, but it's not. It's a corrupt image of what the world thinks is best for you. But through the Word of God, He tells you the perfect way to live your life. Um, so don't, don't put it off. Um, just actually do it and actually 
invest in God and the time that you spend with God will make you grow to a better place. Um, I feel like as Christians, we live by the saying is, we're so close to heaven, but we're so far from God. And what that actually means is, we think because we're saved, that's it. It's the end of the world. Um, we're awesome now, we're going to heaven, and that's all it is. And no, like simply no, that's not how it is. Just because you are saved, it does not end there. Um, in fact, there is a lot more to do. Let's open up to James 2.14. James 2.14 says, we'll go 14, then 19, then 26. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? 19. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. 26. For as the body without spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You know that, that verse about the even the demons believe this. I think, me personally, that's a scary verse. That even the demons believe it. You know, some of us here believe it. And that's fine. Because it says even the demons believe him. The, low, the lowest of the low believe it. And I really like at the very end where it says, faith without works is dead. It goes hand in hand. You can't have faith without works. And you can't have works without faith. And you have to... Put yourself out there for opportunities. You know, we can come on a Friday here and sit comfortably. Um, but I believe that it's about doing more, you know. Push yourself. Push what God has given in your life, the abilities that He's put in your life, and improve that. Ask for opportunities. Ask the leaders for opportunities um, to make yourself grow. Um, because that's, that's initially what the church is all about. Um, to grow within the church. And be with one another. To imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, and this is what Paul says to the church of Corinth, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. You know, when I go out there and I play with the, with the Sunday school kids um, soccer out there, I'll take them all on and I'll score a goal. And all of a sudden they all want to do the exact same. They'll take the ball, they'll try to take everyone on, and they'll try to score a goal. Because they, they look up to me. And that's how we should be with Christ. We should be reading the word, understanding his character, and building ourselves up in order to be like Christ. Um, by filling ourselves up with his word. And you know what the scary thing is? That the Holy Spirit is actually looking for something to say to you. But you can't hear the Holy Spirit because you are empty. You know, he's, he's speaking, God's speaking to you, but you have him on mute. And to unmute God... You actually have to speak to him and get closer to him in order to hear his voice. You see, God's volume is adjusted by your actions. So you have to do something to hear from him. It starts off with God's voice being a small whisper in your life. But as you get closer to him, you start hearing him loud and clear for what he has to tell you. And you ask yourself, why can't I hear God? Because there's simply too much noise in your world. That noise is from all the other things apart from God that you invest so much time in. You know, this Jesus that we speak about here on Friday is the same, is the same Jesus that died for you. And is the same Jesus when we hear a good message, we come out of this room refreshed and leave our sins at the door. But you know what? We pick them back up on the way out. 
And that's not what it's about. It's about putting your sins in front of Jesus and knowing that He takes them all on board and saves you. And if we're picking our sins back up, then we're not actually realizing that this God who put His life down for you is actually taking all that. And He's telling you, give me your sins. I'll take them on my shoulder. And you don't have to worry about that anymore. So give God your sins and the, and the things that are wrong in your life. Um, have you ever, maybe not seen, but have you ever um, had an experience or anything like that of a person drowning? When a person is drowning, that person is slowly starting to sink. And what that person tries to do is he tries to fight his way up in order to, to breathe and stay alive. And I think some of us that are here tonight are at a point where we're not trying to save ourselves anymore. We're drowning and we don't even care about it. And it's time to actually start to realize that when you're drowning, you pick yourself up and you swim to save your life. And it's time to actually get up and swim and save our lives. This is such an such a important thing. It's, it's like us, we have the cure to this disease, but we're not willing to, to use it to save ourselves. Then what's the point of the cure? You know, God is constantly drawing into your life. And He wants to speak to you. It's about you realizing that and doing something about it. Because He lives in you. And initially, at the end of the day, you can be as close as you want with Christ. If you, if you put yourself to it, you can be as close as you want to Christ. But it's not going to be easy. And the experience that comes from after that. Have, has anyone uh, seen the movie Monsters, Inc.? Yeah. In that, in that movie, there's, um, there's a scene where they're going, you know, from those doors that go into different worlds and things like that. They go into one door and it's a completely new world. It's a new experience. And they open another door and it's a new experience, another world. And that's just like our life with Christ. When you get close to Christ, you see that when you open a new door, it's a different world. It's, it's, it's different things. God is speaking to you in different ways. And then you move on to the next door and you realize the exact same difference because God brings new and refreshing things to you the more you get intimate with him and I challenge you guys tonight that to seek that next level to seek that new beginning with Christ uh, to, to run with him and truly understand what it's like to run with Christ you know, get rid of the noise in your world and run with him make it a lifestyle not a week on a week off thing you know, on Wednesday night we read about um, the story of Stephen. And just like Peter, he stood in front of that Sanhedrin, that, that courtroom, and he said the exact same thing. He stood up for Christ and for what he believed in. And you know what? He got stoned to death. He got stoned to death. And the thing that's crazy about that is while he was dying, when he was being stoned to death, is that he, he pretty much told them, Father, told God, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It wasn't those exact words, but that's, um, what he said and I can't imagine myself in that position saying that you know when, when someone is being stoned to death how like how is it in their mind to be thinking about other people to to be thinking you know I'm gonna pray for these people because they need to be saved that is crazy for me to understand and it shows that that the level of relation he was on with God was an incredible place and it's a challenge even for me honestly
to reach that place with Christ, to reach that relationship with Christ, that when tough, tough times come, or even if I'm being stoned to death, to pray for the people who are stoning me. I think that that's incredible. Let's open up to Luke 9, 23-25. Then he said to all of them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is a man to gain the whole world and destroy himself? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him and the Son of Man will be ashamed of me when God comes in glory. You know, the, the cross that God is talking about in this instant is, represents your sin. And just like Jesus took up that cross, just like Jesus took up your sins, give it all to Him tonight. And that's what we, in our personal lives, need to do. To carry that cross. And you know what? To carry that cross is actually a choice. It's a choice to take up that cross daily. The cross represents love. It represents forgiveness. And most of all, it represents friendship. Because that's how we should be looking at God. We should see Him as a friend, not just the person sitting up there and we come to Him whenever we need something. He's a friend. And that's what, I'm, that's what I'm getting to, is that when you build that relationship with Christ, you look at Him as a friend. You don't see Him as a person that, you know, does all the needs that I want and I just ask for Him of things. But that cross some days can feel heavy. You know what? That cross can feel heavy. And sometimes it's costly to carry that cross. And maybe always it's costly to carry that cross. But carry it and you'll find that God is the one that's carrying you. Um, and that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. To take up that cross every single day. And the question is, is it good enough for a student to be as good as his master? In this instant... Yes, very much so. And that's what we need, guys. That's what we need. We need to get close to Christ. Um, this is all I had to say to you. I know it's a short message, but it's true. And God really laid it on my heart. Um, I was sitting um, at church a couple of weeks ago, and I felt like God was telling me as a youth group and people within the youth groups as individuals sitting here, we are static. We come here on a Friday night or we come to a Sunday at church, but it's not enough. And that's not what a life with Christ is about at all. A life with Christ is about moving forward. If you're not moving forward, you're going down. There's no stability. There shouldn't be any stability. There should be only moving up. And it's a challenge tonight, even for me, to, to take up that cross daily. To spend time with God daily. Um, you know your life best. And you know what? If You're not going to sugarcoat it for yourself in your head. Don't sugarcoat it for yourself in your head. Think of what's stopping you from getting close to God. Think of what's taking up your time from spending with God. Don't make excuses, but be very real with yourself. Um, and that's how we grow. Realizing our mistakes and moving on from them. 
we realize that whenever we make mistakes, we lay them at the feet of Jesus and He takes care of that. And once you realize that, you can actually move forward with your own personal relationship. You know, give it all to Christ tonight. Whatever it may be, whatever's holding you back, it's broken and it's time to move forward. Um, so let's take just a few minutes to, to just pray now and um, you know, be real with yourself and be real with, with your relationship with Him. If it's at a bad place, admit that it's in a bad place, but move past that. You know, just like with our friends, sometimes our relationships are, aren't going too well. But you know what? The best way to solve that relationship is to actually sit down with them and speak about it. Um, so sit down with God in these few moments and just, just discuss it with Him. See what's affecting you and fix it. Because He really wants to get close with you tonight. And it's a very real problem in that we need to fix in our own individual personal lives. So just pray to Him now. Father, I just want to pray for every single heart, Lord, in this room, Lord, that, Lord, we really do mean it tonight, Lord, and we really do say that we don't want to walk out of this room, Lord, without a change of attitude and a change of heart, Lord. I pray, Lord, for, for practical steps, Lord, in order to, to actually seek after you and run with you and realize that just like the disciples, they, they didn't quite understand at the beginning, but it took them time to actually fix their relationship, Lord. That things don't just happen overnight, but it takes hard work and dedication to reach that intended place with you. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, for, for every person here, Lord, that they really take that on board, Lord, and seek after you, Lord, and to, to sprint with you in the relationship and to move forward, Lord, with you. Um, I just pray for us as a youth group, Lord, to, to want more, Lord, to, to not be satisfied with where we're standing, but to move forward and... Um, Seek to serve, Lord, to serve others, Lord, and to, to just really be there for one another and uh, take care for, of one another, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for, for, for speaking tonight, Lord, and I, I pray, Lord, that you, that you moved, Lord, and you spoke to every heart in this room. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.